I have Trevor Whitney. Uh, he's talking a little bit about how to be a complete gangster in uh, the world of politics. All right, so uh, with me today, I have Trevor Whitney. I'm excited to have him uh, kind of come in here and rap. Uh, he's talking a little bit about how to be a complete gangster in uh, the world of politics. And I know he probably doesn't like that I've already said that uh, because I, I know there's a, sensitive, a sensitivity that comes with uh, going in that world. But Trevor, who are you for those who don't know and why should people care? Sure. Thanks, Chris. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah. Again, my name is Trevor Whitney. I'm from San Antonio, Texas, uh, born and raised. I'm a former Marine. I came back to San Antonio to build a family here, and I'm running for city council in District 7. City council in District 7. District 7 sounds kind of dope, man. I think of uh, Hunger Games, right? Like, uh, So for the uneducated individuals, I'm not going to call myself out, um, what is a district? Like, What is that comprise of? Sure. So city council in San Antonio, there are 10 districts. It's split up by census tracts, uh, which will all probably change in 2020, but District 7 itself goes from inside 410 near Jefferson High School, Woodlawn Lake, all the way up uh, northwest towards 1604 and Helotus. Okay. So there's essentially 10 people in the position that you're running for in different districts. Um, you know, how do you scale if you're doing well in your district? Like, what is that? What kind of impact? So if I'm going to go vote for Trevor Whitney, like, or anybody running for whatever district, what types of things am, am I looking forward to in that? That's a weird question, isn't it? Uh, do you lower taxes in districts? Do groceries <laughs> sure, get cheaper? Sure. Do you fix roads? Like, what is that? So, so obviously, you know, all the decisions the city council may uh, impact the entire city. But so, District Seven is a historic district. We have uh, old families, established businesses within District Seven, and it's also one of the fastest growing districts on the northern part of the district. Uh, so, my whole goal for running for city council is, I think that we've for too long we've accepted council people who kind of just go along to get along okay. and there's not a lot of original ideas coming out of San Antonio and being a native son it's hard to see that and I think we have yeah. to start painting with bolder colors and bigger ideas in San Man. Antonio that sounded real like I like that so okay uh, you shared with me, we were talking offline, you're 33 years old. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, people sure. know your age. That, uh, is that, that won't be used against you in like some sort of campaign. Do you really want a 33-year-old <laughs> making big... You know, so uh, I'm 35 and, and I'm entrusted with a ton of stuff. So I think 33 is the new uh, 60 in wisdom. Um, but okay, so you said you were a former Marine. Are you allowed to say that? Marines are uh, real... I get real scared when I introduce a Marine. Like a former... Always a Marine? Once a Marine? What is that? So so we're always a Marine, obviously. Always a Marine. Okay. In San Antonio, a lot of you guys, especially the Navy, Air Force guys, don't understand that, so I try to keep it simple. And yeah, say, I hear former you. Marine. Thank you for doing that for me. So, uh, man, it gets uncomfortable for me sometimes um, because I'll be on a stage and I'll introduce somebody the wrong way. Uh, and, and it's just because us Navy guys, we don't have that. And I wish we did. I wish we were like once a sailor, always a sailor. <laughs> and so Navy, we need to fix that because uh, the Marines, I mean, it, it's just – Till the grave, man. It's sick. Yes, sir. I love yes, sir. it. I love it. Okay, so how long did you do in the Marine Corps? So I was in the Marine Corps uh, for four years. Did two deployments overseas, including Iraq in 2006. Uh, came back. Uh, went to school at UTSA. Graduated with a degree there. Mm -hmm. uh, went to the University of Texas in Austin. Got my master's degree there. Wow. Uh, and then from there, I worked in the Texas legislature. I've worked for the city of San Antonio. And I've worked for the business community. Uh, I'm basically advocating for 
uh, fairer treatment of small businesses and a promotion of small business and home ownership in the veteran community and in the larger community. Which leads us to be like magnets. Uh, you know, you've been crossing my radar uh, for a little bit now, and I know I've been crossing yours, and, and you were able to come to our, our VA home loan benefit. Um, I'm excited that Mike Torres, and if we don't give Mike Torres a shout out, also a Marine, not a former Marine, because once a Marine, always a Marine. That's right. Uh, but he's uh, in the financial spectrum. You guys are buddies. He says, you got to go hear this dude talk about VA home loans. Um, when was that? When, when, when did you come to that presentation? So, so I went to your presentation at the Witty, the monthly presentation. I went, I guess, summer of last year, probably okay. June. Uh, okay. And honestly, it was great because I've already used my VA benefit with yeah. another bank. Uh, sorry. No, nope, no offense and, taken. And, you know, but no, honestly, I mean, I think the education that I learned in the hour or so that you spoke was, yeah. was way more than I ever got, whether Thanks. from the military, from private sector, from online. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 in my opinion, it's so scattered, right? And there's so much, um, you know, content out there. I mean, and, and we could get into a social media conversation, but these military members are getting fed so many different things that I think, like I was explaining to you, it's blurred the lines. And when things get too blurry, we get discouraged as veterans, right? Um, whether you're active duty and your main focus is, is protecting the borders and keeping our country safe, it's hard to also go research how to buy a home, what real estate agents to use, what lenders to use. So you know, just trying to make it easy. And, and so thank you for that, uh, that feedback. I mean, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Uh, make it easy. So something that you said in your seminar really stuck with me. I mean, this is almost, almost a year later. Uh, but one of your lines that you said was that, you know, for people who are willing to serve this country, they, we should be promoting owning a piece of that country that they signed up to serve. Um, that is, that is 100% in line with my values. I believe that for not only homes, for small businesses. And look, the private sector, you are, are already pushing this. There's only so much that the VA can do, but sure. the city of San Antonio can do more, and that's why I'm running. I love it. So, um, man, yeah, I appreciate you calling that out. We, we do have that actually not just in the seminar, but built into our values. Every military member, anybody that served our country having an opportunity to own a piece of it, but more than that, because of their service, Americans owning America, right? And, um, you know, we could get into, you know, China increasing its buying power of American soil and all these other things that are going on. But if you rose your, or raised your right hand and you swore to protect against enemies, foreign, domestic, and everything else, we want to protect what we own, right? We want to be able to have that ownership. You and I were talking a little bit offline about the difference of renting and ownership and they're just being a little more pride, right? Absolutely. I mean, so home ownership is definitely the number one creator of generational wealth. Yeah. And in a city like San Antonio, that's something that we need to be promoting. And instead, a lot of times the city promotes renting. Uh, I don't think that that's going to build wealth in the long term. And I think when you own a home, you care more about your community. You're more invested in, hey, how does my neighborhood look? How, who are my neighbors? You know, I've never yeah. even met them if I live in an apartment. So. Yeah, you might as well move to New York if yeah. you don't want to know who you live next to. Or, But yeah, that ain't San Antonio. It's not who we are. No, that's right. And I think homeownership should be the cornerstone of building a, a foundation, building a family here in San Antonio. I love it, man. We are Blue Bell Ice Cream, Big Red, Barbacoa. And I don't want to get, because you're probably like, no, we got to talk health uh, awareness too. And, and uh, <laughs> But, you know, uh, I like that you said that, man, getting to know the people around you, homeownership, borrowing your neighbor's lawnmower. Um, man, I, maybe 
maybe I'm old school. I, I don't feel like I'm old school. I'm 35, you know, but sometimes I do feel like a grandpa and, and saying I miss that stuff. No, my, my, I'm 33. My wife probably uh, calls me. She says I'm an old man as well. But uh, no, I think these are values that, that they transcend what side of town you grew up on, what zip code, what your income is, what your race is, mm. what language you speak. It doesn't matter. These are, these are values that we should be promoting for everyone. Amen. So... In the, uh, you know, and that was an interesting fact that you you, you stated there. You know, a, a city, and we're not just calling out San Antonio, but just how some cities may be more uh, encouraging on the rental side. Um, what what benefit does the city have with people renting? Like we just talked about the the advantages of a home ownership, but. Where did, what does the city gain if, if, if people are renting? Sure. So a lot of times cities will promote this because they're going to promote density in downtown. Because for a long time in San Antonio, our hometown, uh, San Antonio was kind of abandoned and not a lot of people wanted to live down there. So I understand why we would incentivize people to redevelop down there. Mm-hmm. However, in the long run, again, we're not building generational wealth for, for our people. We're creating a second class citizen that is renters for life. And mm-hmm. we're never going to build equity in ourselves. Man. So... I mean, and, and so like I was sharing with you, I, I would have not really ever understood that had you not shared that with me or even, I guess we don't think on the scale of what the big, big agenda is, but however we feel it somehow uh, as middle-class citizens, um, you know, I I guess I don't understand why some of the things are the way they are, but I always just believe that there is somebody 17 ranks above me uh, on Capitol Hill, White House, Pentagon, wherever that is doing things to the best of me, right? Is that fair to still think or should I? Yeah, that's possible. But, you know, here's the thing is we can throw our hands up and we can say, oh, well, it's too hard. We shouldn't try. Or we should actually use big ideas, paint with bold colors, start here in San Antonio because what what starts here can change the entire nation. Agreed. I mean, we're Military City USA. If we are, um, I don't know, I think... Is about 25 million veterans that we say are, are living in America today, active duty or out of the service. Um, that's a lot, right? And we call ourselves the one percent, one percenters, or, or wherever we go with that. But if we hold the torch for Military City USA, you're right. You know, we could easily be the prototype for how business is done across the U.S. Sure, and you know, I I've been involved with a lot of different veterans groups around this uh, town and around this state for a while. I actually just was appointed to the Texas Veterans Commission and Advisory Committee to basically teach veterans how to interact. What what are your benefits? What does the state can the state do for you? What can the city do for you? Uh, so this is my number one goal. Let me let me ask you this. So yeah. you talk about. Um, being in that new position and in creating a platform for veterans to come and interact and, and bring up things that they need help on. You know, one, I'm sorry, man, I, I hadn't heard of that. Uh, I need to know about that. I need to take notes while we're talking right now. But there's a place where veterans can come. We don't know what to ask for if we don't know it's there. That's, that's I guess, what I'm trying to get at. And that's what I talk about the same thing with kind of the VA home loan whenever other lenders are out there or other entities. And they're like, no, feel free to ask me whatever. And I'm like, how do you ask a question on something you don't know anything about? So can we first kind of get um, an idea on what types of questions should we veterans be asking so your title again with this new organization or this new title of yours is So what? I'm a member of the Texas Veterans Commission's uh, advisory committee okay. for communications. Okay. So basically it's the state needs to understand, the state of Texas needs to understand how to, to communicate with veterans. So I'm going to serve as a representative from here okay. to say this is how veterans communicate. This okay. is how we get information and this is how the state should be reaching those veterans. So 
let's pretend like I am just getting out of the Navy um, and I meet you and you're, you have all of this awareness of what's going on, what changes can be made. What guidance would you give me? What would you say, hey, Chris, ask me this or three things or whatever you want to do with that? You know, the first thing that I think veterans first getting out of the service should do is they should find like-minded individuals in your town that have been through these processes, have applied for whether it's education benefits, the VA home loan. I mean, again, yeah. your your seminars kind of are something that I wish existed when I first got out of yeah. the military and they didn't. I know. Um, but I think that the city can play a role. I'm not saying they can do it all, but I think it's got to be an equal partnership with private sector, with nonprofit, with the state, with the federal government. And if San Antonio is going to brand itself as Military City USA, I think it's time to put our money where our mouth is. Yes! And that's going to be a billboard. I'm going to put that up. Now, I joke, but I don't joke because I'm kind of like one foot in the water. You know, for me, uh, and I don't mean to cut you off because we got to get right back to that, but um, I my, my favorite type of awareness is bold, aggressive marketing, right? Mm-hmm. So one billboard we have right now outside the Air Force base is you wouldn't pay your, you wouldn't pay your friend's car off. Why are you paying their house off? Mm-hmm. Use your BAH, right? And we talk about – and so – I wanted to do something along the lines of Military City USA, why? And then a question mark to kind of get people thinking like, hold on, what truly makes San Antonio military? What qualifies us? When we go look it up, because we got the patent in March of 2017, you know, there's a lot of cool historical facts. So please, I don't want anybody to take away that we don't deserve that title because I do think we deserve it, but I think we got to maintain it and we maybe can do more to keep it. Um, because we don't have the most veteran homeowners per capita. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the title Military City USA is appropriate here. I mean, look at the long history of whether yeah. it's military bases. This is the home of Texas independence. Love it. Uh, so this is somewhere where it fits. However, if we're going to market our city off the backs of the service of men and women yep. who come from here or come here and serve our country, uh, we need to do something more. It's not enough to copy-paste policies from other cities or other states and kind of try to keep even with them. We should be leading the country. We should take bold action that is radical, take risks, but we should be the first in the country to do these kind of programs. Oh, man, that is so good. And of the other, like, okay, so with the with you being a Marine and you got, dude, for me, uh, obviously, I'll ride with you all the way to the White House, man. So just, you know, elect me to, you know, be whatever when you get to that point at the age of 48 or whatever. But um, I, I believe in what the Marine does to help mold these young men and women to serve our country. I'm very aware of boot camp. I'm very aware of kind of where a lot of people get into that, you know, serve others first. You know, it's to me, it's biblical, um, you know, serving others. And, and so I don't want to go too far down that route. But for me, I already kind of know a little bit about Trevor Whitney. Without knowing Trevor Whitney, whenever you say, I served our country in the United States Marine Corps, right? I say that to say this. Sometimes when people are in a position... We talk about things that we want to change or want to do, but then we get in that position and we follow suit. You know, how would you say that you being a Marine, you understanding kind of what this city needs, how can you go and be a voice that actually advocates change? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the whole reason why I even filed and put my name into the ring. You put skin in the game, right? Yeah. So the Marine Corps, the number one thing that you're taught is that you're moving into the contact. If you're getting attacked, you're getting shot at, you're get, whatever it is, 
we're not running away from the fight. We're running to the fight. Mm. And I feel the same way with city government. It's not enough to throw our hands up and complain and say, oh, this is not very good. Oh, well, it'll never get better. I think you have to go in there. You have to lob some grenades and you have to start fights and you have to make something different. Man, is that tell me that is your campaign commercial. It should be. Dude, I see, you know, just this. Oh, man. I don't know if you still fit in your dress blues. No, <laughs> we got to figure it out, man. Maybe get them tailored. But I, I think that is extremely powerful. Um, and, you know, uh, I feel like those individuals who go into a place and mix things up a little bit, it creates controversy first, but we usually see, oh, that was, you know, that actually played itself out pretty well. Um, I, I see you as somebody that doesn't need to, you know, feel like they're accepted. You know, I feel like you would probably understand who you're serving, not the people above you, but your actual district, right? Yeah, you know, I'm running for the entire district. I mean, veterans is obviously a special community to me. It's one yeah. I belong to. But I'm, I'm running for the whole city because I feel like the whole city suffers when we have a lack of leadership, when we have a lack of ideas, we have a lack of courage at City Hall. Uh, the entire city suffers, so we need to change that. I, man, I... I am jealous of you, man. I was, I mean, it's been a little seed in the back of my mind. I've had friends say, dude, you got to run. Uh, and they say that just joking because they think whether I'm a charismatic speaker or I can relate to people. But I'm like, dude, have you seen my Facebook? Like, if you go back 30 days, I'm probably in Miami, in the club. Uh, and this is a real story. 30 days ago, I was in Miami watching Gary Vaynerchuk, a social media guy. But we ended up in the club. And, and so there were Snapchats where I'm a little bit drunk. How do you, in this day and age, keep your nose clean uh, enough to be able to hold yourself as somebody that could represent a district? You know, Chris, first of all, I would love for you to run for office. You know, it's, yeah. it's very classic. The Marines establish the beachhead. The Navy oh, comes in Oh, yeah, baby! Hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. We ride together. You guys might be uh, up front. Thank you. No, and, uh, and, and, yeah. and to your question, it's, yeah. not, it's not about being perfect. It's not about being clean. I'm a human being. I'm a, yes. I'm a regular guy. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Uh, we all make mistakes. We all learn. We all grow. Uh, I think but the trajectory of where you're going is the most important. You know? And if you, if you always remember, no matter how many dollars you make, no matter what office you rise to, you always have to remember the lowest member of our society because those people are just as valuable. And you have to take your time, stop, and understand that sometimes those people might need your help. Oh, that is, man, that is... That's being aware, and I think that's having compassion, and that's having understanding. And I, the, the reason, and I, I, I'm not trying to take you off of your agenda because obviously, man, you know, military, we represent a small demographic. We call ourselves the one percenters and everything else, but, and you do have a whole district that you got to look after. Me being uh, very, you know, kind of involved with the military community, I know I'm focusing a lot on this stuff, but um, with that kind of mindset of that military, let's get in, let's fix things. You talk about charging the beach. Um, I think that there could be a lot of good things coming from that because it's the same thing whenever we, you know, think of security, we think of, you know, we want to feel safe. We want to feel protected. You know, the Marines, the Navy, the army, the coast guard, the air, wherever you're at, whatever branch or whatever capacity we're in Military City USA. These are people that could be homeowners. These are American flags on the front yard. I'm going to go on a limb and say if I lived in a neighborhood and there were all American flags, I'd feel like just as safe as can be. I could be like, yo, if there's riffraff, I know my Marine homeboy across the street two houses down will take care of the situation. We can fire half the police force. No, I'm just kidding. That My cousins in the SAPD, they'd hate me saying that, but... There's a security that, that comes with having, you know, veterans around, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the thing is, is 
the veteran community is small, but that's a that's a starting point, right? Yeah. Society looks to us to be leaders in our communities and our churches and our businesses. Can you so, say church? Can you? T- I'm just I'm giving you a hard time, but <laughs> you have faith. Uh, yeah, I, I I do. I'm a believer. I'm uh, a believer. But you know, and here's the thing: is it does yeah. it, it? It's not. I don't think that I'm not running for people who look like me, talk like me, are exactly it. like me. I'm running for everybody because, again, yes. they're looking to veterans for leadership because we've already done it once. So we're going to come back to the civilian world and we can bring that same leadership to a world where there's a huge void, a huge gap in leadership. I love Those it. people depend on us. Trevor, I am trying so hard to make you uncomfortable, man, and you're not <laughs> bending because I think you're very in tune with who you are. And I think that that is exactly, you know, in the spirit of voting, in the spirit of alignment, in the spirit of, you know, I want to work for people, with people who stay true to their core, allow your core to shine through, and, you know, your demographic will form. You know, people like to work with people that they like, trust, have a tremendous amount of knowledge about the situation that they need help with. And and I, I think, man... Uh, I'd love to see there be a big turnout of support for you. So what does this look like? So you're running for district. When does the po- when do we start seeing Trevor Whitney posters everywhere? Uh, soon, hopefully, yeah. So the filing deadline was uh, Friday, so I'm at, uh, four days into this thing. The election is May 4th. Uh, early voting is before then. Check Bear County elections for where you can vote, when you can vote. Yeah. And, uh, again, I'm running, I'm running for everyone. Uh, I... I don't believe, I don't think that it's just about prestige or honor. I think it's that simply we need some action. It's enough talk. It's time to move. It's, man, uh, well, May 4th is coming quick. I feel like that's tomorrow. Um, So I I guess just kind of briefly talk me through what a campaign for running for district looks like. Uh, you know, do you are you doing a lot of door knocking? Are you waving at the stoplights, or where where are you at with that? Yeah, definitely no. So it's a combination of all those things, and and that's another kind of aspect of my campaign that I want to be unique. Is I think we want to be uh, more intelligent with how we use our resources. Uh, so of course we're doing the traditional knocking on your door, introducing myself, saying hello. You know, hanging door hangers on your on your door. That the very traditional kind of politics. But I think on social media, it's the most accessible way to reach people who potentially could represent you later yeah. uh, because there's there's nobody running it. It's me. It's it's one-on-one interaction that you get. Uh, you can target specific neighborhoods, specific areas, specific issues. And uh, that's what I'm, I'm trying to – here's the thing is I don't believe that I have the, the idea to fix everyone's problem because I don't know half of the problems that exist. Mm-hmm. So it's my job to go out there, find the problems, find the pain points in the community, bring it back to City Hall, and actually get answers for them. How aware do you think people are on who they vote for for district? Like, do you think, like, when you go to the poll and uh, you know that there's, like, you know, two candidates that you're voting on and then you see some other stuff and you see Trevor and you're like, ah, oh, that seems like a cool sure. name, check in the box. Like, I, I don't. It's a tough question to answer, but how many people do you think are going to the polls because they want to see Trevor Whitney win? You know, I'm hoping it's going to be high, yeah. yeah, because I think I'm bringing a message that is different than just kind of the same old, same old. You know, that's the, that's the problem growing up in San Antonio is we hear the same promises, we hear the same kind of campaign slogans. The faces change, the names change, but the message stays the same. Yeah, and that's not good enough anymore in today's San Antonio. So this is a two-year term, correct? What does it look like? So Trevor Whitney is sitting in this seat. Uh, congratulations. It's May the 5th. Or when do results are, Correct. you know, yeah. so May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. You've got a Corona in front of you, feeling <laughs> like you're on top of the world. 
what does May 5th, 2021 look like after you have been in the position for two, for two years? You know, and, and here's the thing, too, is I'm not a career politician. I don't plan yeah. on, on being on the uh, public's money there for 20, 30 years. Uh, if the, the district feels that I'm headed in the right direction, yeah. that we're making progress, yeah. I would love to continue. But honestly, if not, I'm okay with moving over with someone with even better ideas, newer ideas, more energy because it's not going to take one person to turn things around. It's going to take multiple generations. Yeah. Is there any turnover that exists? So like, okay, so actually, uh, this is a great question that I have, and I don't know if anybody else cares. I feel like I'm so uneducated. I'm hoping I'm asking questions that people are like, yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, but the first off, how many people are you running against? Do you know that number? Sure. So my, my opponent is Anna Sandoval. She's the incumbent currently, and she's actually a friend of mine. Is she in the Navy? Uh, uh, no, she was not. Okay, that would be the only reason uh, I have to vote against you, but all right. No, she's, she's actually a very nice person. I respect her tremendously. That's awesome. uh, you know, and I just, I just feel, again, that we have to have some courage. We have to have some bold ideas, and it's not just her. Uh, I want to push all districts, things I'm not even running for. I want the mayor to be stronger on these issues because it's going to take leadership from San Antonio to fix San Antonio. Is there a competitiveness in you? I feel like if I were running for the position you're running for, I'd want to change so many things, but I would want to start with dominating the competition. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a competitive person. I'd be very honest in my campaign yeah. saying, look, vote for me. If you don't like me, just vote for me because you want to dominate with me. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously competitive and, yeah. I, and I want to win. Uh, I, I'm not willing to do that. If it brings dishonor on my family, if it's that not something so that good. my son can be proud of Amen. down the line, that's Amen. the whole reason I'm running. The the the, the cliche term there is, uh, you know, be the tallest building without ripping down the other ones around you, Absolutely. right? Just be the best without having to tear people down. That's so good. Uh, so the person that's currently sitting in District Seven, are you allowed to talk about that? Who is that? That's right. That's the one. Oh, she's. Oh, she's. So you're running against her. I thought you were both competing to replace whoever's sitting there. No, no. Anna Sandoval was elected in 2017 with just over 50 percent. So it's going to be a competitive race. Okay. Again, she's a she's a personal friend of mine. I I respect her. You won't hear me say anything negative about her. Uh, I just feel that we need a little bit more original thought and ideas from San Antonio City Council. So in that position, um, she you said she's been sitting there for two years. The person before her, two years? Uh, no, Chris Medina was in for, I believe, three terms before that. About six so, years. Okay, right. so you can get a pretty good run at this. You know, you had... And what's interesting, what's really encouraging, too, is that the councilman before uh, Ms. Sandoval was uh, Chris Medina, who's an Air Force, he's active, he's active duty still in the Air Force. So okay. this is a veteran-heavy community who, who understands the sacrifice, who understands the challenges, and uh, they're going to come out and support me. I, I really, truly believe it. What district am I in right now in this office? Do you know? I believe you're in nine. I want to move to District 7 now. You should move to District 7, all along Bandera Road from 410 to 1604. Everywhere around there, you're probably in 7. So I, okay, man, dude, I am... I feel like I'm cheating on my district. I don't know who's running. I, I should probably start to look into that because what you've done for me today in this conversation is bring awareness to, to the seat. Um, if you dominate at this and people love you, what happens next? Do you what, what is a normal district? Do you go to governor? Is that too big of a leap? Are there 17 things between that? You know, I'm not even looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I'm looking to I'm running for my district for the neighborhoods that I live and work in. That I travel through every day. Oh, you're not going to pretend with me. You you refuse to pretend with me. <laughs> uh, I hear you, man. I, I know you're not trying to get ahead. I'm just ambitious. So one day I want to run against you and know that if I dominate you, then the next thing I do is I'm the mayor. 
That'd be great. Because I wouldn't care as much as you care. You're obviously a better person. Uh, I think you care a tremendous more amount of people. I'm vi- again, I'm I'm competitive. No, look, I'm a team player, and, and I, again, I don't believe it's going to be one person that fixes yeah. the entire city. I think we need a group, a new, fresh batch of faces to come into San Antonio and make things right. It. Are we allowed to be homies if I live in a different district and you you don't necessarily serve me? But can we still cooperate to help more veterans? Absolutely, because again, you know, I'm going to need all the votes I can get to uh, push forward some of the things that I'm proposing that I would propose on day one, specifically on veterans issues. So I'm counting on every district to support me. Do you have the authority to create Chris Cano Day? We could talk about that. We'll have to to talk to our uh, illustrious mayor, Mr. Ron Nuremberg. Oh, man. Well, that is, I need your help with that uh, specifically. So... You know, we played phone tag with some of his staff, and I need to get back on that. But I just want to have a day where I give everybody hot dogs, man, uh, and say thank you for your service. Well, well, you know, Ron's a pretty big health, healthy guy. You know, he likes to lift and stuff, so I don't know if he's going to be eating hot I dogs. I mean, tur- but... turkey dogs, man. I saw that. He was on, like, some magazine as the world's most fit mayor. And I'm like, anyways, we won't. I think he's doing a good job for people who think he's doing a good job. And I, I don't know enough about the dude. I've only lived in San Antonio now, uh, since I left for about two and a half years, so man, I got to get reacclimated with uh, you know the people that are serving you know at whatever capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm I'm motivated knowing you though. I'm motivated that there is a Marine that is on fire for making change. Would you say there are a lot of veterans in these positions? Uh, in city council currently, yeah. there, we actually do have compared to other cities around the nation, we do have good re- veteran representation. However, I feel that. Steel sharpens steel that we need uh, veterans to challenge the ones that are existing on council or new faces that come on because we have to do we have to do more. Yeah. You know, the disadvantage I feel like I would have as a veteran running is um, I think in the veteran world, uh, we sometimes need to know that it's not all just, you know, play the veteran card. And I think a lot of people do that. um, And I'm not calling you out. I'm calling me out and saying that uh, I'm always kind of aware and careful to not just say, oh, you're a veteran. I'm a veteran. We should do business. We should align because, you know, some veterans just maybe need help in other arenas and we can learn a lot from those that didn't serve. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, again, the things that I'm proposing for this city, I want to apply citywide to everyone, regardless of whether you're military or not. Yeah. However, society looks at veterans as the leaders, the people who have been through the fire. So we should put them first as an example and show that, hey, the city's not going to fall apart if we enact this. Let's expand this to everyone. Let's expand opportunity to everyone. Yeah. I want everyone to be able to own their own home, to own their own business, to have kids, to be in good, safe neighborhoods. I want that for everyone, but we have to start small. Change is incremental. I love it. Um, I used to run a radio show program in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. and it was called the Veterans Movement. And the Veterans Movement uh, idea stemmed from, first and foremost, acclimating the people that lived on the island of Oahu and the military. Mm -hmm. Because those two just did not always get along. And I, I, what I didn't like is I didn't like, you know, uh, the newspaper reading Marine fights in bar in Waikiki, right? Sailor, DUI. Like, I'm like, bro, how about the dope stuff that's happening? Marine saves, you know, girl out of whatever. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good. But I felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect in, in the Hawaii culture. And, and it's getting better. And, uh, you know, it also stems from the veterans that move there. You know, they need to treat that island with a level of respect and 
you know, we talk about that. Then I moved to San Diego, and in San Diego, before any baseball game started, they would address every service member. And I was like, holy moly, this is what it looks like to feel appreciated in a city. And I think San Antonio has that too, right? Absolutely. I mean, we still are a, a city that, you know, says thank you for your service. I appreciate what you've done and, and things like that. So, man, I, I like that you said, you know, veterans are looked at as leaders because I think that, that respect is still here. Yeah, you know, and I'm from here. You're from here. Look at us. We're both two veterans from San Antonio. You know, we're sending our sons and daughters to serve this country uh, in large numbers, I would probably say in a pretty pretty good uh, proportion compared to some of the other cities in, yeah. in the country. Yeah, us so in California, a, we're, we're just putting them in. Right, so yeah. I mean, so San Antonio understands service. San Antonio understands what it means to have a family member who's deployed. Uh, so these are issues that relate to almost everyone in the city. Man, well, that's, I mean, that that's fair and that's the truth. And um, you already gave probably the most dope and I, I'm going to have to go back and find it, and I'm going to cut that for you, and I'm going to send it to you so you think about using it as your campaign slogan. But you were talking about just going in, not afraid of the gunfire. It's coming at you. But uh, have you worked on, like, is there a slogan? Is there, like, Trevor Whitney, a change for the future? <laughs> that sounds kind of, like, corny, but I just came up with it on the spot. Uh, copywritten, so don't use it. Um, but is there, do you have a Trevor Whitney slogan? Yeah, definitely. Enough talk, time for action. Enough talk, time. Can we do it in like a Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is that too much? I told, I feel like I'm hyping up the Marine and you don't want to go there. You're like, man, I'm serving everybody. But I think, uh, enough talk, time for action, you know, and, and you're, I see you in your dress blues and you got a whole gang of medals and you know, Maybe you're just face palming like a little kid or something, you know, because he's just trying to come at you. I don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a personal hero, and I think what he's done in politics as an older man as well uh, is admirable. So that's something. That's someone that actually I look up to. So maybe, really? Maybe if Arnold hears this, he'll come. Uh, Arnold, uh, dude, I have not followed Arnold in politics. You obviously have. That's cool. Uh, the only reason I bring him up is because my girlfriend had never seen Terminator 2, and we watched it like two days ago. She was so confused, and then I'm like, oh, now we got to watch Terminator 1, and nobody wants to do that. It was horrible. Terminator 2 is legit, you know, so anyways, uh, Arnold's on my mind. Trevor, what else do you think that we need to know, if anything, um, about what's going on in your life? I mean, I, I hope that you're okay with me maybe, I don't know, is it an email address? I mean, do you, how loose are you with people reaching out to you? Sure. No, actually, I'm probably the, the most connected uh, candidate for city council that I know of. Uh, so my, my website's Trevor4, the number four, mm-hmm. SA. So Trevor4SA.com. Uh, it's also Trevor Whitney for District 7 on Facebook, Twitter. You can find me there. And again, I'm not, I don't have staff. I don't have millions of dollars put at this. This is me answering the people because I think you have to go directly to the source to find what's actually going on in the district and what we can do to make it better. Do you have to pay for your own flyers when you campaign? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, with any campaign, it's unfortunate that you have to raise money to do that. Uh, I'm looking for family, friends, small businesses, veterans as well. Uh, But, you know, the money isn't the part of it. I'd rather work smarter than harder and reach people where they actually live, work, and play. Yeah. Um, And that's where you're going to find the real pulse of the district. Dude, I'm going to get behind what you got going on. because I, I love what you were talking about today. I like, you know, kind of where your heart's at. I think in the core, you're a good dude. Um, so, but if there's anything that, you know, you can add or something where people can help you with your campaign or something, I'm going to create a platform 
we'll post you know this podcast or wherever you know we turn this platform in and, and I'll share all that stuff so make sure we know but I think a lot of veterans would love to ask you questions man I'd love to maybe get you to one of our seminars and right before I start talking about the benefit you talk about you know what you know somebody might be able to understand about city council and, and the changes that you want to make yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, the things that I want to propose to city council actually dovetail. They work hand in hand with what the private sector with Alliance is doing, yeah. you know, other partners. And, and uh, so, yeah, I would absolutely love that. Uh, as far as getting involved, you know, all you can do is share, like my uh, content. You know, uh, when we come to see you in our neighborhoods, just have a conversation with me. Tell me maybe something that you know that I don't, that I can learn from and that we can uh, bring to more people. Uh, you know, it, this is an ideas campaign. It's not based on my last name. It's yeah. not based on a political machine that is backing me. Uh, it's about doing the right thing, and I think the people of San Antonio can see that. If you get elected, and me and you become like really good buddies, because we're buddies right now, and uh, we become really good buddies, will I be able to have access to the Alamo after hours? Like I'm working on a proposal idea for my sweetheart, and I want it to be cool, but I just want to know, do city councilmen have keys to the Alamo after hours. You know, I don't, uh, but that's also, oh. yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. That's one of the issues that I think the city council really fumbled the ball on the last year. And I think giving the, the uh, control of the Alamo to the state of Texas was a mistake. I think the long-term plan will disclude people. Yeah. It, it will shut the, or cut the hours and it'll probably end one day for my children having to pay to go see their heritage, which is again, San Antonio is the birthplace of the Texas independence Amen. I have so much respect. You know, my sweetheart and I, uh, we run every morning and, and not anymore. Golly, I just totally lied to all my listeners. It's been a year. We used to run every morning and, and from where we live to the Alamo is like 1.2 miles. So round trip was 2.4. So that was kind of like one of our first date things. And, you know, uh, I explained Texas history to her. She's been to the IMAX. Every version of the Alamo that's out, whether Netflix or what, she's seen it. Patrick Swayze is the hero. I forget who played Davy Crockett. But, um, you know, it's so exciting whenever somebody's not from Texas, they move here, especially into San Antonio, and you get to explain that. I've totally butchered it. I think I say 1836, and I, I don't know if that was even the year of the Alamo. I think it's close, yeah. But my Texas history is from seventh grade, man, social studies. Uh, but there's that pride there to where I think it just absorbed in my brain, and now I want to incorporate it into my romantic proposal. Um, but anyways, man. Uh, it's been fun kind of challenging you, Trevor. I got to say, man, you're an oak. Um, you know, aside from making you do a year analysis before you leave, you seem like a pretty clean guy. Uh, we'll have the results of that uh, here in about a week. But otherwise, man, I, you got my support, which means that my mom will vote for you. Uh, and uh, my uncles, which I'm Hispanic, so I got a lot of them. Uh, and so you got a little bit of votes there, brother. Hey, soy un gringo, pero hablo español también. Solo queremos un sistema más honesto, más claro, para toda la gente. And for those that don't understand Spanish, what Trevor just said is the truth about the VA home loan benefit, March the 2nd, Saturday morning at the Witty Museum. Make sure you're there. Show up early. The speaker is extremely charismatic, fluent in Spanish. You'll have a great time. Thank you for that, Trevor. All right, man. No well, good luck to you, bro. May the 4th be with you. That's have fine. you been getting that? Because that's the, the, the election date? I haven't, but maybe that we can get Arnold to do that on our... <laughs> May the 4th be with you. Yeah, so Cinco de Mayo, man. I hope to be celebrating with you. 
we'll see uh, we'll see as this whole thing progresses how we can help more. Thank you guys for listening in today. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be fun to have somebody running for city council on, but it was pretty cool, man. You pretty normal dude. I think so. Yeah, for people listening, he's in jeans and a polo. Uh, you know, do you have a tie in the trunk that you keep just in case? Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. I couldn't get him to take his shoes off, but uh, you know, pretty casual. I uh, appreciate you, man, and good luck. Thank you, Chris. All right, brother.